My name is Drew Habercast, and you're listening to Fireside Football. It's going to be a podcast for myself uh, going through the United States Men's National Team, Borussia Dortmund, and FC Cincinnati. Uh, those are going to be really the three teams that I want to focus on in this podcast. Uh, I'm going to try and plan it out to break it up into different episodes for each team. Um, although I'm not entirely decided yet on what I want to do for that kind of thing. So um, I think at the beginning I'm going to split it up. So this episode I'm going to be talking about the United States Men's National Team um, playing against Guyana. And then in subsequent episodes, I'll perhaps move to Dortmund and then FC Cincinnati. But later off down the road when there maybe aren't quite better things going on that I uh, I just do them all in one, uh, one episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. Um, the United States had their first competitive fixture since that faded day back in uh, oh, geez, 2017 against uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Um, uh, you know, I think a game that we all wish we could forget. Uh, from an American perspective. Um, Christian Pulisic was the only person that scored for the United States on that team, um, if you t- don't count the own goal, um, in which uh, they fell 2-1 to Trinidad and Tobago when they only needed a point to uh, at least secure um, a playoff for the, the World Cup. So, yeah, devastating loss at that point. Um, you know, I, my fr- initial reaction was being, you know, devastated and shocked and then, immediately felt bad that Christian Pulisic, you know, one of the rising teenagers in the world and in uh, in the world of football is going to miss out on the biggest, you know, competitive fixture in the, in the sport. You know, this is their, um, the NBA finals for him. So, um, you know, I was really gutted because, you know, it's just, you only get a few world cups in your career as an athlete and uh, Christian Pulisic, you know, start when he was producing from the, um, from the age that he, that he was, you got to think that he's a five, four, maybe five World Cup player. So he's going to be around for a while, barring any you know major injuries and that kind of stuff. So for me, it was very devastating to not be able to see him compete in that uh, in that fixture. Not that the United States. I think if I think even if Trinidad and Tobago um, wasn't what tripped up the United States, it would have been the World Cup. I, I the, if you just look at the way they were run in that campaign. Their struggles were far beyond that one game in Trinidad and Tobago. So it was, uh, I think it was necessary for the evolution of the sport in the United States. Granted, it wasn't exactly the best for, uh, you know, the growth of the game, but I think ultimately it was the best thing for us going, uh, going forward. Uh, when you think about this new class, this new generation of footballers that the United States is breeding with uh, Christian Pulisic, obviously going to be leading it. But then you got guys like Weston McKinney, Josh Sargent, Timothy Weah. Um, and then, you know, just going on from there, um, there's a lot of talent coming up through the ranks and um, just going through the U20 World Cup and seeing that. And, you know, that's the one thing to kind of cut off, come away from the United States men's national team to go to the U20 World Cup. They uh, they went out in the semifinals to Ecuador. And, man, I got to say, I really love the fight. I think Landon Donovan, his generation of players, really set a precedence for how the United States should play the game. And that is this, you know, not necessarily scrappy, but they're, you know, they're going to be playing with a lot of heart and they're going to play with a lot of belief and they're always going to go out there and, you know, believing that they can do the impossible which we saw in the 2014 World Cup in um, in Brazil, where the United States, granted, you know, was in the group of death and they end up losing to Belgium. But, you know, I, th- I think they put on a pretty a pretty special time, made a lot of people, including myself, you know, more um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? More tuned into the world of football, I guess you could say. Um, you know, going in against playing against, you know, one of the greatest players of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo, drawing him, unfortunately, should have been a victory. But, um, you know, playing against them, playing against eventual world champions, uh, Germany, and only losing 1 0 um, was, uh, I think, just a great advertisement for the game in the United States that the United States Men's National League put on. So, um, so yeah. Um, but to kind of go along with that, I think um, the U20s, I think. The, these young guys that are coming up, I think they have the right mentality. And, you know, I saw a little bit of it in Weston McKinney last night against Guyana. I mean, that kid is just a bulldog. Like, he is he is going to do the 70-yard sprints when possession breaks to to chase down the ball and win back possession or get back on D and just really get stuck in. Um, he's probably been one of the players that I've been most impressed with in this new wave of uh, American Wunda kids, so to say. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, Christian Pulisic is obviously going to be the golden child of this next generation. He's going to be the Landon Donovan He's going to be the Clint Dempsey. He's going to be the guy of the team. Um, but I just got to wonder, is he going to be the leader that we all expect of our star players to be? Um, it's not that I don't necessarily think that he can't. It's just, I think that there may be other better, um, potential candidates out there. Um, I think looking from afar, I think Tyler Boyd uh, coming in could be an excellent candidate for that. Obviously, he's only played two caps. Uh, he's only got two caps for, to his name for the United States men's national team. Two goals as well. But I, I got to say, I was really impressed with the way that he came into a new environment and was just barking out. He was aggressive. He was taking control and I think as a leader that's or that's something that you want to see in a leader is somebody that is able to go out there and just you know not be afraid to, to let your teammates have it and show them the way that it needs to be done and I I really loved his aggressiveness and I loved his eagerness to play and I especially love that you know he wants to have the ball um he's a playmaker and you know I'm granted it was against Guyana like they're no Trinidad and Tobago <laughs> They're no, you know, Mexico or, you know, these other teams. They're no Venezuela, for Christ's sake. But um, I don't know. I, I, I like seeing that quality where they he wants to be the guy um, that, you know, is going to lead him, lead us to the promised land, uh, ultimately, I think. But, but yeah, um, I was impressed with him. Uh, Weston McKinney, as I was saying before, I think if I had to go with a hot take today, in my first podcast, I think Weston McKinney is going to be the best player of this group. Um, that's not to say he's, I don't think he's going to accomplish the most, but I think that he'll be um, ultimately the best for the men's national team. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, it's an exciting time to be an American uh, soccer fan, you know, granted with the disappointment of the not being in last year's world cup, I think we've grown a lot in uh, a lot of ways. Um, I think we've kind of seen that, um, you know, what the, what we've been doing isn't working. So I think it's time for a change. And now the question is whether that change has been drastic enough. I think that's where this next, I think that's the next question that needs to be answered here. And um, I know with, uh, the arrival of Greg Burhalter, um, a lot of people were criticizing the fact that it took the, uh, you know, the soccer federation, 
God, what, almost a year to name a replacement. I, you got to wonder if that's the right thing to do. Granted, you want to pick the right guy for the job, but I think a lot of people were disappointed that we waited a year and only got Greg Burhalter. you know? So I don't know. I'm not sure what I, what I like to, what I've, uh, what I've seen of Greg Burhalter is exactly good or bad yet. Um, there was a point in last night's game against Guiana where it seemed we almost abandoned the Greg Burhalter uh, style of play where he wants to build up from the back and kind of go that route. And then with long balls, um, kind of break down the opposition. I just I just don't know if that's the way that we're going to do it. Um, I do. I got to say, I do like the tactic with um, uh, switching from four at the back while defending to three at the back while attacking. Um, I was quite puzzled by it when I wasn't when I didn't know exactly the specifics of the course when I saw Tim Ream at left back because I was like, I, man, like I I would not pick him to be a left back, you know. But I think uh, the way that he's playing, I think um, that's how he's going to play Tyler Adams. He's going to use him as a right back, but it's going to be oh, the position of right back is going to be so loose in this system. So we'll have to see how that works um, going forward and that kind of thing. But but yeah, Tyler Adams, another. I think he'll be solid for the team. I still think Weston McKinney is going to be the best. Christian Pulisic is obviously going to be up there for one of the better Americans. Um, I think he's shown a lot. Christian Pulisic has in the in the last uh, World Cup qualifying campaign. To to, I think he's I think he's too easy of a pick. You know, I think everyone's going to pick Christian Pulisic to be the best player coming in. Um, and I think I, he's definitely going to be a great player for the United States men's national team. He's going to be spoken in the same sentences as uh, the Dempsey and the Donovans of the of the United States uh, men's national team. But um, it's just um, whether he can elevate that uh, to to the to the next stage and really bring it home. Um, it'll be exciting to watch, and uh, I'm definitely excited to see where he can take it and see where this whole new generation of players is going to take it. So outside of that, I think this Gold Cup, starting off with Guyana, after what we'd seen the last two friendlies, losing against Jamaica, losing against Venezuela, not scoring a goal in the last two games. Granted, they were with weaker squads. Um, Greg Brohalter kind of using it as a platform to try out players that maybe on the fringe of the squad, maybe some depth players or, um, I mean, obviously he used it for Tyler Board to see kind of what he can bring to the table after just um, – getting the nationality switch from New Zealand to the United States. I got to wonder, you know, was that the right thing to do? You know, maybe it would have been better suited for him to use those two games as a warm up for the gold cup. Um, you know, play your best team to see just so you know, like what you're capable of. Um, and obviously those questions came to light after the Venezuela thrashing in Cincinnati, Ohio. I was at that game. We didn't look good. Granted, second half is a lot better. Um, I was impressed then with Weston McKinney when he was playing. I thought that everything that was good of uh, from the, that came from the United States in the first half, granted it wasn't much, but I think kind of came from him either directly or indirectly. And then uh, 
second half, we looked a lot better when uh, Jordan Morris came in, Josie Atzador came in, um, and kind of really proved it forward. So, so yeah, um, Josie Atzador, I was kind of disappointed not to see him. Apparently, he's got some sort of a knock for his uh, thigh, so maybe that's uh, Greg Berhalter just trying to keep him uh, not aggravated going into the more strenuous matches of the Gold Cup. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think we need Josie if we want to be able to win this competition because I just don't see Giazzi getting us to where we need to be. Um, and I know that he's kind of in bed with Burhalter and stuff. So uh, with being in Columbus and Greg Burhalter being uh, the Columbus coach for a while. And granted, you know, Giazzi's artist did have a very good um, run of form uh, once he switched from the LA Galaxy to the Columbus crew. Under Greg Burhalter, Greg Burhalter, excuse me, but I just I don't know. Granted, he had an excellent finish. You know, knew exactly what he was doing with that deflection that hit him in the face and went into the back of the net for his goal. But I I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know if he's got the. I don't know if he's got it. You know. I think. Um, Kind of going back, it would be interesting to see Josh Sargent, um, which I think that's another travesty that the um, – I don't know if it was Greg Berhalter. That, I guess it was Greg Berhalter that made the final decision or if it was the Soccer Federation. But I think leaving Josh Sargent out of the Gold Cup roster to leaving him out and when he wasn't a – like – Let's just say this. If he wasn't a shoe-in for the Gold Cup roster, he should have been in France. Uh, let's see, was it Poland? In Poland with the U-20s and the U-20 World Cup. Should have been like a Timothy Wea. Timothy Wea, probably no chance you're going to make this senior team. Go get some experience and play uh, in the U-20 World Cup. And Timothy Wea had a great had a great tournament. You know, he did a lot of uh, good for the team there. Scored a couple goals. Set up a few more. Um, and it was a viable experience for him. And I think he got better. You know, Josh Sargent, did he get better practicing with the men's national team? The senior team, what, there's a couple weeks that he was in camp? <sighs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess you could say he did, but I, I don't see how you could argue that he wouldn't get more experience playing for the U-20s against France, against the back line led by Dan Axel Zagadou, who is from Borussia Dortmund. Granted, not a starter, but he's been a fringe player and a very, very good role player for them, barring uh, you know a couple games here and there. But I think you put somebody up against that that's seen first-time minutes in a big, big club in Europe, That's that's got to be a valuable experience rather than just playing against – what, he played against Jamaica. Didn't really get a whole lot of service, but he's playing with like our C team. Played against a bunch of MLSers. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I just don't see it. I think, uh, I think that was a, an opportunity squandered by the U.S. Uh, Soccer Federation to really get something out of this uh, situation. Um, and I gotta say, I, I, I really don't know why he didn't make it. Um, he had a couple opportunities in the Jamaica game that, yeah, he probably should have put away, but I don't know. I don't know. I guess maybe he's thinking that. Uh, Josie Altador, if Josie Altador was fit and match ready, that maybe he takes Sargent and leaves uh, Zardes on the bench or out, or I don't know what, but because uh, the way I figured is that Sargent, he, I mean, he, he could have played against Guiana. 
he, he's a good player. He, you know, he's he scored two goals with Werder Bremen. Um, decent um, starter as an 18-year-old over in Germany his first season. I Yeah, I don't know. I can't wrap my head around it. Um, but I don't run the United States men's national team. I only have opinions. And those pesky opinions get you every time. So, Paul Ariola, I thought had a very very good game. Um, he's he's always been not bad, but not exactly good either for the men's national team. I don't. I want to say um, he's always there, but he's never really done anything. I don't think. Uh, but he got a goal last night against Guyana. I think that's going to do a lot for his confidence and a lot for um, hopefully his club career at DC United, where he's been really lackluster there. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, Michael Bradley appeared, did a 62 minute stint with uh, Christian Pulisic as well. I thought he he definitely had some rust on him after for not playing a game in a couple months. Christian Pulisic, I felt, had the same way um, following his hot ending to his Bundesliga career for the time being with Borussia Dortmund to go to Chelsea in the summer um, where he scored two goals and then a, had an assist in his last three games. I I felt that he was solid. Um, I, although I do think he did a couple things where it would be it's not exactly what we want out of, his, out of, uh, out of him. I think... You know, the only reason that it worked was because we're playing against Guyana. I mean, just to put you into perspective how unleveled the playing sides are, is that most of Guyana's starting starters are all playing in fourth to to fifth divisions in England, barring a few. Emery Emery Welshman, excuse me, FC Cincinnati, on the books for FC Cincinnati, currently on loan to, what is it, Forge FC? up in Canada in the for the Canadian Premier League. I mean, let me tell you, FC Cincinnati's had a horrible year. Granted, not exactly. Um, I think you could blame it on a lot of things. The toxic environment under Alan Koch, um, the underpreparedness that Jeff Birding brought with not being exactly the most knowledgeable soccer manager, um, maybe outdated forms of uh, managing that worked in the USL but don't necessarily work in the MLS. I... You know, if if he can't make it in the ML, in FCC, the worst team in the MLS, you know, is he really really a competitor to to play against the United States of America men's national team? Not that the U.S. men's national team are world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, but we've got some decent players. I mean, Christian Pulisic on uh, going to be at Chelsea in the Premier League. We got Weston McKinney in the Bundesliga. Tyler Boyd, granted, he's playing for the Turkish a Turkish side, or he did last season. Um, scored a couple goals, made it even more uh, assists. He was pretty solid. Um, a lot of MLS players: Paul Ariel, Giazzi Zardes, Josie Altador, Michael Bradley, Krista Roldan. You know, all those guys. You know, if you if you look at the average player, like they're they're pretty good. They're in MLS, probably the sixth best, sixth seventh best league in the in the in the world, right? I it was just uneven from the get go. Everyone expected the United States to thromp Guyana. Was 4-0 satisfying enough? 
That's another question. Was the performance up to the level that we... I don't say we expect now, but we should expect from one of the biggest countries in the world with a, a very, very large population. Hard to say. Hard to say. So... So, yeah, I don't know. Um, the United States men's national team play again on Saturday against Trinidad and Tobago. And I am not looking forward to the media storm that is going to be the redemption of the United States men's national team looking to get revenge on Trinidad and Tobago for the last time they met. And it's just, God, like, people act like it was like this one-off thing where the United States were a shoe-in for the World Cup. And then Trinidad and Tobago came by, and then they just weren't. That you know, if if anybody would uh, watch the campaign in the media outside of the soccer so-called experts, they would have known that this campaign was oh rough. Everyone was nervous. I want to say after what that second Mexico game where we got thrashed. I don't know. I don't know. It was uh. You know, we were never going to win the group in the hex. We were never probably going to get second. I don't even want to say, but we should have been third, should have been fourth, and we just we just just didn't cut it. So I'm not looking forward to that media hoopla, trying to get more money out of it and milk it for everything that it's worth. When the United States are just going to come out and pummel this poor team, I fully expect Christian Pulisic is just going to come out and just smack cheeks out in the field. He's going to take it personally. And I hope that he, along with all the other players that are on the team, take it to heart about what an opportunity they missed by not getting at least a point on that dreadful night. So, so that's about it. Gold cup run off to the, off to a decent start. Three points in the bag, gold differential plus four. (sighs) Who knows where we're going to end up? Who knows where we're going to go? Um, if I had to give a prediction right now for where I think expectations should be, expectations should be that we win this thing. Realistically, you know, that gets, gets, gets a little interesting, you know? Um, I think it could definitely spiral out of control for the United States if they're not careful. Um, but I mean, when you look through this this list of potential opponents, I mean, Mexico obviously got to be also one of the front runners for the for the championship. And then it's just Costa Rica, Jamaica, Panama, Honduras. Like, I don't know. I think I think hopefully it's going to be either. I, I think it's going to be the United States. But I think it could. It's it's definitely between Mexico and the United States. Maybe Canada sneaks in. I don't know. Um, but man, just if we can't win this competition or at least make it to the finals, like what are we doing? What are we doing? It just gets weird from there. I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I mean, this is uh, this is the competition that we're gonna have uh, for one. Uh, we gear up for the next World Cup qualifier in Qatar if it stays there, which 
who knows what's going on with FIFA at this time and what they're doing and what they're thinking and what's going on behind closed doors and all of that fun stuff. But yeah, Saturday, United States, Trinidad and Tobago. See where we can go from there. So I think that's up for the day. 24 minutes, not too bad for my first, first podcast. Um, like I said before, I'm going to try and make this uh, each episode be about a different team. So today was the United States men's national team. Next time, I imagine I'll be going over the Borussia Dortmund season and then going into their some of their transfers. Um, and then after that, kind of give a recap of what the FC Cincinnati season has been like and uh, what we could possibly manage out of the season going forward.